Golden Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another terrifically terrifying Tuesday, friends. Torch Report 328, the arrest of Donald Trump. Friends, whether they cuff him or not, this saga offers several insights for us moving forward. You know, as of the time of this publication, Trump is still roaming around a free man. But I tell you what, it's not what it seems. Stay sharp right now. With all the talk about arresting Trump, there has been an explosion of chatter all across the Fruited Plains. You know, there are a lot of news figures out there talking about, you know, how, you know, MAGA response to Trump's call for protest was muted. You know, people aren't really sure. A lot of American patriots think this is just another J6 style setup, which it probably is. You know, some people are talking about another false flag event. Other people are talking about civil war. But I want to talk about something else. <laughs> I want to talk about a path forward, friends. I want to talk about solutions. I want to talk about what we're up against and what we can do about it. But first, I want to share a little bit of sentiment that's out there in the ether uh, on the interweb. And I want to share here, not, not to endorse either perspective, but to have a metric by which to analyze the likelihood of all hell breaking loose in the very near future, to understand where other people are at mentally and emotionally and how they meant, might react, right? A lot of people are very upset about Trump being elected. You know, talked about the moat around Mar-a-Lago yesterday and all of that. There are a lot of people that are placing their, their full faith and their hope on Donald Trump to drain the swamp, to finish the job, and it's understandable. And those... Uh, those who are very emotionally invested in this issue of Trump being arrested, how might they react? Now, there are, there are really two main themes here. The first one I want to share with you is a, a little clip from Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray. You know, he's calling for massive protest on Trump's behalf. And of course, he's not alone. Uh, Carrie Lake's calling for massive protest on Trump's behalf, etc. Uh, I put a screenshot here, friends. If if you're on a podcast platform listening on Spotify or Apple or, or iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening, please know that you have to go to thetorchreport.com to get all the goodies. And if you, if you were at the Torch Report reading this uh, report today, you would see uh, the the instructions from Lieutenant Colonel Steve Murray, who's uh, you know a trusted source. He's got lots and lots of followers, but he's talking about how to prepare, pack your gear, put in for time off, uh, plan for your transport, your insert, your egress, how to you know find out where the aid stations are at and all that. Notify the state and county law enforcement that you're coming. You're going to protest. Uh, make sure that you got you know access to latrines and traffic control and all this stuff. So he's really talking about the logistics of a peaceful protest. That's Great for those who want to go out there and engage in the process. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to protest. Do not be afraid to stand up uh, and call out the injustice of it all. That's all good. That's all. That's all fair game, friends. It's all fair game. Now, on the other side, or, or actually on the same side, but uh, a, a, a different take altogether. There are those out there who are invoking. Uh, shall we say more revolutionary rhetoric, right? And I'm just reading here. I'm reading a quote from some comments on a popular uh, website, Zero Hedge, and it says, "Hey, y'all realize this is going to come down to shooting, 
right? Uh, they think there's going to be war on American soil. If just 3% go for it, the war will be on. It was only 3% in the Revolutionary War. You know, Joe says you can't fight jets with, you know, you, you can't fight the government without F-16s. But Afghanistan, they fought and won from the back of motorcycles, living in caves. You know, the question now becomes, in the mind of those uh, proponents of this school of thought, is do Americans have the spine to stand up for what is right, and who would lead us into that uh, that kinetic conflict. Now, just to be perfectly clear, again, I'm not endorsing either approach. I'm not saying you should go protest. I'm not promoting civil war or anything like that. I just want you to know that's what's out there, and, and we should be aware of what's out there because it it's going to play into how this plays out. But just to be honest, you know, this this is what I think. I think that there are those in the world, the global elite, the global cabal, who are pushing us for uh, a kinetic civil war. They want there to be violent protests in America, just like there are violent protests breaking out all around the world right now. I do not believe this is by coincidence that there are violent protests breaking out all around the world. I believe it's all part of the Great Reset deploying the commie tactic to destroy all aspects of existing society in order to consolidate power and control and to implement the new world order, the global governance, etc. And within that context, I think there is an increased probability of a false flag event. There's an increased likelihood that this, this whole thing with Trump being arrested, it is political theater, but it's, it's intentionally being staged where violence can be blamed on, you know, Trump supporters or right wing extremists or Christian insurrectionists or racist white supremacy groups. That's the narrative that they've been feeding and steeping the public mindset in. So the purpose of a potential false flag event, of course, is to justify a federal crackdown on political dissent, a.k.a. the domestic terrorists. Uh, and all of this, I think, will feed a push for more gun control if that if that happens now. All of this is going to happen, regardless of how it plays out. It's going to happen with the assistance of ASI. Now, ASI is algorithmic social interventions. And I say algorithmic social interventions a lot. That's coming from the World Health Organization's effort to immunize humanity against misinformation. But I'm going to use those letters ASI because it's just easier to say. And we're going to be saying it a lot because this is going to be um, a central component of the attack on humanity, the effort to enslave us all in an in, inescapable global socialist surveillance state. Now, with the assistance of ASI, it's, you know, it's being deployed stealthily. You know, it's using selective censorship. It's simultaneously promoting state propaganda. They're doing this all around the globe right now. And this allows them to, quote, control emerging public perceptions. And it, again, I say sit with those words if you haven't already. That means they're controlling what the people think even before they realize what they're thinking. Uh, ultimately, this allows them to slowly bring the water to a boil with the frogs. Most people still remain none the wiser, uh, notwithstanding the astute listening audience here with the Torch Report. Now, the impact of ASI will determine the outcome of the next election. I believe that through and through. And I suspect it's going to align this ASI, these algorithmic social interventions are going to align with the great prediction of Bill Gates that we're going to have a hung election and a civil war. Again, I think that's what they're pushing for. So regardless of the outcome of, of the election, regardless of the outcome of today with the rest, 
the impact of this tech-enabled manipulation is only going to increase. And if you look around and just observe how many people are are glued to the screen and maybe even notice what they're looking at. You know, you see it all the time. Uh, It's very clear that the public mind has been hijacked. We, we, as a public, as the populace, the the majority of people are being held in a heightened state of suggestibility. A heightened state of suggestibility means we're seeking for answers. We need to know what's going on. We're confused. We don't know. And this allows the public to be programmed uh, to accept the great narrative. We're going to come back to the great narrative uh, later in the week. That would be the book by Klaus Schwab we were digging into a little bit last week. But currently, we're in this perilous situation, you know, like a tinderbox as things are set to explode, you know, and with such massive propaganda campaigns manipulating the public mindset, ultimately the emotional state of the nation, and I would say actually around the globe is being brought to fever pitch right now. I believe ultimately this is meant to evoke fits of rage, frustration, revolt. You know, they want people to fight, which is predictable. It's an understandable reaction given the gross degree of abuse and usurpations, you know, but nevertheless, you know, as people rage and revolt and all that, which is predictable and and probably justified, all of it's going to get treated as terrorism and it's going to lead to state retaliation. And that's, you know, that's a great concern. I think among many patriot groups, people who love our country, we have the hearings on the weaponization of, of federal agencies. We know that the government doesn't seem to be operating with our best interest in mind. They're aligning with the global governance of the NGOs, the UN, the World Health Organization, etc. And as people get increasingly frustrated about this, it, it draws that line in the sand. Those who want to stand, to fight, to defend the Constitution, to defend America, to defend our our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, all of that, which is worth fighting for. We need to stand and fight for that. Uh, That line in the sand versus the other side who are completely complicit and have bought into the globalist propaganda that we need to have a new world order and and global problems require global solutions and all that jazz. So ultimately, they're pushing this escalation and this escalation when it leads to open conflict, there's no telling how it will play out. It's like what I was talking about yesterday. Once you punch somebody in the face or once you get punched in the face, you know, there's no telling how it's going to play out. Suffice it to say that This escalation of conflict and tension opens the door to international intervention. It could, and I say will, you know, ultimately compromise, further compromise the sovereignty of the United States in relation to global governance. And I believe there are people, I think that we all know there are people out there who have been plotting the destruction of the United States, and ultimately they are pushing for a civil war to complete that process. I don't think that they want to Uh, have a long civil war. I don't think they expect it to be protracted, but I do think they want it to be a kinetic war. They do want there to be blood in the streets. They need just enough of an excuse to clamp down and criminalize political opposition, the people who are threats to democracy. They need a reason to disarm the public. They need a reason to round people up, uh, a la El Salvador style. Now, 
I believe the public has been getting primed for this very thing. We've talked a lot about it, you know, with all the talk about the far right wing extremists being a threat to democracy and all the other crap. You know, that's the seeds that have been sown and they're watering it right now, keeping people on their edge of the seats for these far right wing extremists to do something crazy to defend Donald Trump. And ultimately, the international intervention aspect of it. Uh, in the form of UN peacekeepers, if you can imagine there being civil war in the United States of America, and they would call it anti-government protest, anti-government terrorists, you know, domestic terrorists and all that kind of stuff, that might then justify the intervention of UN peacekeepers. It would further bolster that we're all global citizens. That's the narrative. And it would play right into promoting the role of global governance. This, of course, would be tied to the climate crisis and the One Health Global Initiative and everything else. But, we, you know, we got to disarm people to keep people safe. That's part of the U.N. Sustainable Development Goals. And, of course, you know, bombs cause a lot of pollution, bombs kill a lot of people, and all that ties into the overarching depopulation agenda, friends. It all fits together. The war, the famine, the disease, the death, it's all part of the plan. But, 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 friends, life is still good. Life is always good. Life is fundamentally good. Don't ever forget that. Even in the hardest of times, we have so much to be grateful for. And, you know, just as an FYI, I think you probably know that we are not anywhere near, we're not, we're not, we're nowhere near close to the hardest of times. You know, we're not anywhere near the, uh, the pinnacle of how this plays out. Uh, there is still time to prepare but I think that time is, uh, it is running out. It's getting short. You know, from time to time, tyrants rise to power and people have to fight for their freedom. It's a timeless cycle. The difference is this time that this fight for the, is, is a fight for the minds of the masses. It's so much a mental war, psychological warfare. And so if we fail to convince the American public, our, our friends, our neighbors, our communities, that we need to defend the Constitution, the Constitution is the common ground. If we fail to do that, then America as we know it is destined to fall. So with all that said, there are three ways in my mind that this can play out. Number one is massive, peaceful noncompliance. If everybody just stood up and said, nope, you know, then we could, we could you know, correct this course really quickly. There would have to be an across-the-board revolt. You know, there, we, we would need the majority of people to, in the majority of cities and counties to simply refuse to keep playing the games. Uh, imagine, for example, if the majority of Americans simply stopped paying their taxes. Imagine if we stopped feeding the beast that is seeking to devour us at the moment. You know, could that be a viable solution? I don't know. I did put a, a link to a video at the end of the report today that talks about uh, the le legality of taxation. Very interesting video there. But to stay on point here, the second way, aside from massive noncompliance, this might play out, I think, is is bloody civil war. And that is, again, friends, it's it's really the worst case scenario. Imagine the wafting stench of death breezing across your back porch. Nobody in their right mind wants things to go this way. Uh, but the global elites who are instigating the chaos and you know trying to destroy our country, they're not in their right minds. They are caught up in the collective hive mind. They are high on power. They are acting upon evil impulse. They are smugly convinced of their own moral imperative to conquer and control us all. And they want us to fight and kill each other. And this horrendous potential of having a bloody civil war, friends, it's very, very much on the table. 
But I don't think it's I'm, I'm hoping I don't think it's going to happen. You know, the third option here, uh, as far as ways I can kind of conceive this playing out is a World War Three situation. And of course, that's clearly the way things are going with Russia and China buddying up. You know, they're BFFs now, best friends forever. And the UN and all the NGOs, they're working tirelessly, the civil society, you know, they're working tirelessly to subvert American dominance in the name of global equity. Uh, and just kind of on that note, friends, when you hear the global cabal talking about global equity and they're talking about a multipolar world, what that means is that the United States is going to be significantly weakened financially and militarily. And the end result is ultimately to dismantle the existing world order of, you know, unipolar or American dominance in order to institute the new world order of global governance. And it has to be multipolar. Okay, You got to think democracy on the global level, mob rule on the global level. It's not fair that Americans are so well off because, uh, you know, the poor people in Africa and all of that. Now, it is possible that all three of these things play out somewhat simultaneously. That said, there really is no way of knowing what the future holds. We just can't know. You know, there, there's there's only anticipation and suspense, which, of course, serves to keep the public seeking certainty and seeking solutions in this swirling storm of confusion. You know, we must be aware of this and how it affects us at the individual and the community level. And we need to take action to, to address that and to be prepared for anything. But now let's zoom out, zoop, you know, way out, because while Americans are fixated on Trump, the invisible hand of the global cabal keeps tightening the noose around the collective necks of humanity. Today, for example, the U.N. is holding a global event on the urgency of combating racism and racial discrimination. And they're going to do this by elevating awareness on systemic racism at the global level. And they're training the world leaders to make decisions through a racial lens. And of course, this inevitably leads to more racially motivated policies, which in turn stoke racial tensions as minority groups bask in the glory of being exalted victims and their pale skin and the pale skins, you know, grow sick and tired of being treated as oppressors, just because they lack pigment, you know, it's crazy, but that's, it's what's happening. And it all serves to divide populations by race and pit them against each other while we're fighting each other. Again, you know, the global cabal continues to position themselves for total global domination. Global governance is the only solution to global systemic racism, you know, similarly also happening. Uh, last week, the world health organization, hosted a global dialogue to force priorities on sexual and reproductive health and rights at global, regional, and country levels. Friends, the purpose of such dialogue, they say, is generating evidence, not you know, examining, but generating evidence. They want to issue global guidelines. They want to support implementation at the local level. And this is all being orchestrated through a complex network of thousands of global NGOs, but it's being spearheaded by the International Planned Parenthood Federation. And of course, as you know, they are anything but neutral. This is eugenics, okay? The point here is that every issue we're fighting on the local front is being driven by a global agenda. That's the big picture. All of these international partnerships are coordinating their efforts, and they have been for decades, but they're, we're doing it through global networks 
like the uh, the Implementing Best Practices Network, which I put a link in the uh, report there today. It, it, it's not surprising, friends, but the Implementing Best Practices Network is focused on advancing socialist principles through powerful storytelling. Amazing, you know? This is how they skillfully craft the narrative, and they're working on it way in advance. You know, they tell stories that hook emotions, and they get people to buy into a cause. Never mind that the actual impact of the proposed policies is often the exact opposite of what they're promising. The global elites understand that most of the population is not intelligent enough to realize that they're getting duped. The global elites play to the ego, to the appeal of being a good human, and they harness that goodwill to advance their nefarious plot. That's just the way it is. You know, when Trump claims that we're fighting against communists, Marxists, rhinos, and losers, he's not wrong. You know, all the hype around his arrest today, friends, you know, which at the time of this publication, again, it still hasn't happened. It might play out today, uh, but it's a perfect distraction from the implementation of this globalist agenda, from the implementation of the digital currency via FedNow and the forthcoming CBDCs. It also pulls attention away from the Biden crime syndicate and the rest of the rampant political corruption that is plaguing our once great nation. Like I said yesterday, friends, it's all political theater. As we wait to see how this particular act plays out, as we contemplate the various paths and viable solutions to get ourselves out of this mess, I suggest getting together with other liberty-minded individuals in your community and having a serious heart-to-heart about the road ahead. If we want to avert a bloody civil war, we need to reclaim the narrative through local conversations. Yes, it's going to get bumpy. Yes, it's going to be messy. But in the end, friends, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe the good guys will win. Freedom is the most good for the most people. And that is the message that we need to be spreading far and wide, friends. In the end, the solution may be much simpler than we think. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the uh, Substack app or on the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this terrifying Tuesday, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.